The objective, to deliver the NBA to you like no other. News, play breakdowns, power rankings, storylines you never hear talked about anywhere else. It's all straight shots here. Fired by straight shooters. S and gun. This is the Objective Basketball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Objective Basketball Podcast. The finale of season one, if you will. This is this is the end of succession. No, it's not really the end <laughs> of succession. There's more coming your way, ladies and gentlemen. But thank you very much for tapping into the Objective Basketball Podcast. If you're listening to this in summer, I suppose you are a basketball junkie like moi or like Lauren. Uh, desperately looking for some content while you were driving, while you were listening, while you were doing something. I know I am like that because I have been driving a lot recently, um, just a lot. Uh, and I've just needed podcasts to fill up my day. So thank you very much to everybody who has tuned in this season, throughout the season, everything that you guys want to do to support us and support what we've been doing. It's it's genuinely uh, appreciated. Um, ladies and gentlemen, get in the game, make your next bet with sports interaction, bet before the game or live and play on all your favorite teams matchups, head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN or download the app to get started 19 plus, please play responsibly. Lauren, before we start this podcast, before we go into the topics of the day, we have a mail ma- mailbag segment towards the end of the show. I want to bring to, uh, the forefront, I guess the, the Bronny James situation, uh, report that happened earlier this morning that said that Bronny James during a practice uh, suffered from cardiac arrest. He was then treated at that moment, and you know he he was taken out of ICU as well. He's in stable condition now. Um, this is obviously something that has sent shockwaves around the NBA, around the basketball community. Bronny James, obviously the oldest son of LeBron James, a potential draft pick in the 2024 NBA draft. He's headed to USC next year. Um, and while all of that is, is now, you know, sort of put in question, I think first and foremost, it's just, it's a very, it's a very humbling and haunting thing to think that, you know, a a kid, uh, an 18 year old, 17 year old kid can have a heart attack and potentially, uh, die on the court. It's just such Mm -hmm. a scary, scary situation to even imagine. I don't have children, but just to imagine having children and, and thinking of that, um, it's just, it's it's terrifying. And I, I, all the best wishes to, to LeBron, the family and, and, you know, anybody who is a supporter of Bronny James, because I, I was shocked when I saw that this morning, Lauren, how about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was shocked as well. It was one of those things that you're like, is this even, is this a real headline? Because it just, it comes, seems to come out of nowhere. And yeah. um, yeah, it, it's, it's a really scary thing because we, we see, I mean, not just basketball, but we see these professional athletes in just like picture perfect health deal with very serious medical issues um from time to time and it's it's really alarming and and scary and so it's one of those things that personally i don't know a whole lot of about from like a scientific medical perspective and so you kind of just wait and hear and read as much as you can to 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 catch up with what's going on but it's very scary stuff i'm glad to to i'm glad that the news that we got was that he was okay and it wasn't just oh this just happened did i lose you guys did i lose you guys yeah, we lost you. We lost you. Just um, from, I, I'm not a medical expert. If you want okay. to jump in, okay, yeah. great. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm not a medical expert. It's it's a very it's very scary stuff. Um, obviously, I'm I was really or relieved in the sense that 
the news that we did get was okay it happened but he's okay because if it was one of those things it's one of those things that when it it, it happens and you don't really know where it's going that's when it's it's yeah. you know that much more scary and so I, i'm glad to hear he's okay i i hope that he you know recovers well and, and everything is good with his family because that is terrifying stuff it is uh and i i, I see online uh you know the conversation is going in a lot of weird and, and different directions things that just like if that's the first thing that pops into your mind when something like this happens, shame on you, you know, yeah. uh, people considering the draft talking about, you know, different other things. Oh, I wow. just, I yeah. think, I think, um, that's just ridiculous when you're thinking of something like this, this is a 17 year old, 18 year old kid who had his life ahead of him and, and now might be dealing with some kind of, uh, whatever it might be. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. Hopefully his life gets back on track. Hopefully for, for their sake, for their family's sake, everything gets back on track. Um, but it's, it's, it's terrifying. And, and mm -hmm. like, again, you just all the best wishes for, for everything that's happening in the James household right now. Um, some other news that also happened in the NBA world, probably something that sent shockwaves in, in a different manner was the Jalen Brown extension mm -hmm. a five year. Yeah. Five year, yep. $304 million contract. Whoa. That is a lot. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that that will that will that will send shockwaves just by the 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 number. number that is obviously, ladies and gentlemen, the richest NBA contract in history thus far. He won't be the first. He won't be actually. He is the first. He won't be the last uh, yeah. when it comes to rich NBA contracts. This is just the beginning of a new wave of massive contracts that are going to be handed out. We're already seeing guys like Desmond Bain and John Morant and, you know, all these guys getting their extensions, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, all those guys got massive max extensions already. Uh, and Jalen Brown, after making an All-NBA team last year, was eligible for a Supermax. They very handedly gave him that Supermax. Um, Lauren, before mm -hmm. you go, I have some – actually, no. I'll let you go first. Okay. I have some opinions on this because I've seen the conversation online – about Jalen Brown and, you know, everything around him and obviously the money and is he worth that type of money, where Boston is at, how does this hamstring them, the Supermax deal, et cetera, et cetera. There's just – there's a lot of ways to approach this. Where do you sit with Brown inking a five-year, $304 million contract? Yeah. Um, well, okay. So my perspective when it comes to the contract extensions and these Supermax that get offered to guys – it's, I don't want to say it's necessarily the popular opinion or, or the knee jerk or even the fun reaction, but you look at these situations and we've talked about Boston and the situation that they found themselves in from a roster construction standpoint. And you're talking about, okay, this team, when you look at the expectation from year to year for this Boston Celtics team and how old Jalen Brown is, just where he's at in his career, and you really kind of come to the point or to the conclusion in my, in my mind, the only conclusion is that you either pay him or you trade him. There's no, yeah. we're yeah. going to get a discount or he's going to, he's worth this specific amount because of this, or because, you know, so-and-so thinks he can't dribble with this hand. Like it doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? And so to me, and we've talked about how we always were like, they're going to pay him. They have to pay him. And it's one of those things where you just, if the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum pairing in the long term isn't something that works or they're not collectively worth you know, more than half a, well, well over half a billion dollars, yeah. um, then that's something you figure out later. And so to me, it was never a question of what's that dollar amount going to be. It was, is the fifth year there? Is it a player option? How, how happy do both sides look that they got a deal done? Because I think most people felt that a deal was going to get done. 
Um, and so, I mean, we'll talk more about Boston for, I mean, a long time. But as far as the situation right now, I think Boston is just happy to get a deal done. I think Jalen Brown is happy to have five years um, mm -hmm. with the player option. And I'm curious to see kind of how things start with at the beginning of the year and so how, how, how happy things look. Is so there no, no player option? There's no player option. Okay, there, okay. There I, is I, a trade kicker, though. So if he does oh, get traded, he gets a, a certain percentage extra okay. on top of it. And I think that trade kicker changes every single season. So depending on how far into his contract is, he could get a massive payout um, right. fr from that trade kicker. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. Th the deal is essentially <clears throat> fully guaranteed. There's no, there's no kind of wrinkle in here that makes it less or more. He's getting $304 million regardless of where he goes. Um, and, and look, Brown is a guy who is inherently an incredible basketball player, but also has some flaws to him. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, he struggles as a ball handler and as a dribbler, and he isn't that type of guy. And the Celtics have put the onus on him and Jason Tatum to be more of those guys, to see how much extra juice they can squeeze out as creators, as on-ball creators with those guys. I will say, I think his more ideal role is as an off-ball scorer, as a guy who's going to be attacking tilted defenses, as a guy who can, you know, uses athleticism to essentially do that. And man, even despite that, he still averaged 26 points last season. He was an all-NBA player. He did it on incredible efficiency. I mean, 49, uh, what is it here? I have it on 49, 30, 34, and 78 shooting splits. It's not incredible three-point percentage, but still, he just scored an incredible amount of points last season. 27 points. is That's a lot of points, ladies and Especially gentlemen. Especially when you're playing with Jason Tatum. Yeah. Um, he was an incredible release valve scorer. He was a guy who was great for certain stretches in the playoffs. I thought he was awesome in their first round series. Uh, it, it kind of became a little bit more skittish in the second and third rounds against Philadelphia and Miami. And yeah, there's going to be questions about what he can and can't do and how you're supposed to mitigate that. But the question is, you have to, as a basketball team, find ways to complement and supplement the things your stars can't do. Jason Tatum is not necessarily your point guard, your your creator. He can do some of that. He's grown and developed into that, but he can't do it at a at, at a full rate, at a full time basis. Jalen Brown is probably worse than Jason Tatum is as a creator, as an on ball creator. And I just think you have to find ways to facilitate that, to make it easier, to make Jalen Brown's life easier. And that'll be them moving forward, how Boston is able to sort of build this roster around these two, albeit expensive stars. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, there is the discussion of the Supermax and what it does in terms of limiting teams' flexibilities, especially the Boston Celtics, who are now going to be a tax team for, for a very long time, um, especially if they want to keep this core around. They have Porzingis, they have Tatum, they have Brown. That's their trio now. They extended Porzingis as well earlier this summer. And how they're able to create a team around that with the amount of stringent, uh, is that the word? I'm using the right word, yeah. Stringent, um, you know, kind of limitations that they have, especially with this new CBA, that is mm -hmm. going to be a massive hurdle. There's no question about that. But it is better than the idea of trading Brown for not equal value. Uh, and mm -hmm. again, like I mentioned, this is a guy who's in his prime, an all-NBA caliber player, has been the second best player on a team that has been to multiple conference finals runs and almost went to two NBA finals. I just, I think, I, like, I'm down on Jalen Brown 
compared to consensus. I'm a yeah. guy who really doesn't like, I, I think some people think of him as like a top 30, top 20 player. I'm more so a top 30, top 40 player for Jalen mm-hmm. Brown and what his limitations are as a player. And I still think it's a fine deal because mm-hmm. what were the Celtics going to do beforehand? Do you right. think they're going to just trade Jalen Brown with no years left, one year left on his contract and right. essentially get scraps for him? Were they going to package him and everything else they had to go and trade, you know, get Damian Lillard, which, oh, by the way, didn't seem like he was interested in going to Boston. And also it would have cost you more. And also Dame's contract, it's not like it's the greatest and he's older. And so, so where is the upside here? in not signing Jalen Brown to that extension. The one argument I can hear is, oh, well, they should have traded him earlier. And okay, so maybe it was a Kevin Durant deal. Maybe even before that, it was the Anthony Davis deal. I'll just look into those two things. Anthony Davis said he didn't want to go to Boston. It was done. From their point, that point, it was just never going to happen. There was James Harden rumors that that also kind of were, were there, but I don't think that made a ton of sense yeah. for Boston mm-hmm. either, just because of age. The one that you could argue is Kevin Durant. And if the if the Celtics should have made the deal for KD in that moment when they had Jalen Brown, they just came off the NBA Finals, would that have made sense? And I look at that and say, yeah, you can probably sell yourself on the idea that they should have made that trade that back then if it was available to them. But at the same time, you're looking at a KD who is 34 years old, who has three more years on his contract, uh, who is also, I believe he gets paid $50 million in those three years, 50 million plus in those three years. <clears throat> and now you have Jalen Brown, who's 28, 29. You have him for his prime and extended. Mm-hmm. I understand that Kevin Durant is a much better player, much better <laughs> basketball player. And you probably are going to be a championship contending team regardless of that trade. But that, that is the one argument I would make if if people are saying, the Jalen Brown extension shouldn't have happened. It's not this summer. It's last summer. They probably should have went harder for, for Kevin Durant. They didn't. They decided not to. And now they were in this position. In the position they were in, in this situation, it's a no-brainer that they should have extended him because what else were they going to do? It wouldn't right. have made sense to do Damian Lillard. It wouldn't have made sense to trade him for scraps. It just doesn't make much sense to me to, that people are, are mad at this deal. I think it just it was something they had to do. Yeah. And like, even, I mean, even looking back, I'm glad you brought up Kevin Durant, but like, even looking back, I think it says a lot when you're thinking about the timing and and, and where Boston has been at and everything that they've had to kind of deal with over the last couple of, of seasons and, and kind of navigate through, um, you know, the whole, we're not look. the majority of people are not looking at Boston saying, Oh my God, why did you not trade for Kevin Durant? People aren't really having that conversation. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a reasonable conversation and there's a, there's a conversation to be had there. But I think when you're, because people are not having that conversation that says a lot about where people thought Boston was at and where Boston felt they were at. Um, and so I think the Kevin Durant, like what if scenario is definitely really interesting as far as like, well, that might have just been what you should have done if if it was really about getting Jason Tatum to to lead you to a championship yeah. and, and you know what have you. But I think with Jalen Brown and kind of moving forward, they're in a position right now where you've got two really really solid um, kind of I don't want to say the one A one B. I'm I'm kind of over that. But uh, but they're two, two they're two wing stars. Let's yeah. just call and, them and, that. And yeah. whether that works, whether it doesn't work. 
We'll have to wait and see, but I, I agree. There was this was always going to be the move, and it's about how you fill in the gaps around it. And even though people yeah. had a lot of a lot to say about Jalen Brown's performance in the playoffs and 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 the Celtics ultimately falling short, even us, our number one criticism wasn't necessarily Jalen Brown let the team down. It was they significantly need the playmaking. They need to fill mm-hmm. this role. Um, and so it's it'll be about what they do moving forward. And so I think this is the first box kind of headed in that direction and we'll see how KP looks. So I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested, but Boston I think has a lot more to figure out than maybe some realize. Yeah. It's look, it's championship or bust with this team. And it's been championship or bust for this team for the last two seasons. They made it to the NBA finals a couple seasons ago. The expectation was for them to win that NBA Finals. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, lost to the eighth seed. I think for many, for most people, that was a disappointment. And I expect that that continues every single year that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are on the roster. It is going to be championship or bust. And I think, you know, whether that's fair or not, uh, I think they have they have built themselves up to this point. They, that is that is the expectation they have every single year going in. They are supposed to have long playoff runs that result in potentially an NBA championship. We'll see. I have a lot of questions about the Celtics too, especially when it comes to diversity of offense. There's just tons of questions there, and I'm I'm kind of wary about how the Porzingis fit is. But again, folks, we have a lot of time to discuss that we have season previews that will be coming your way in September to discuss the Celtics, to see, you know, how things are going to look realistically moving forward with that Celtics team and all 29 other teams. But, uh, we kind of posted, I posted saying, Hey, just send us some questions. All right. This is, this is our final episode, uh, of technically season one of the objective basketball podcast. So send us some questions. We'll answer them regardless of what they are. Okay. Uh, and we got some questions, Lauren. We got some pretty, pretty oh, we did. good questions. Um, I will start this first. Uh, we had uh, Omer Osman. O- Omer Osman said, uh, "What would be considered a success slash failure for failure for the upcoming season for the Raptors and for the Mavericks?" I'll just say real quickly, as a Raptors perspective, it's hard to assess the situation mm-hmm. without the the knowing what happens with Pascal Siakam. I think a success would be not. Uh, letting the pick convert to the San Antonio Spurs (laughs) is what I would consider a success. If the Raptors are able to convey that pick and not have to worry about pick protections moving forward in 2025 and 2026, and the pick is just San Antonio's regardless of it, I would say that is a success. So that that's where I would, I would land on that situation. Although there is a, there is a, there is an argument that the Raptors could be so bad that they would never (laughs) have that pick convey. So that's my uh, definition of success and failure. We have to see what happens with Pascal Siakam. Lauren, success and failure for the Mavs. Oh, man. Well, it's tough. I'm going to have to steal the Daryl Morey quote where he said, you know, you can't, I'm not going to get the exact quote right, but something along the lines of you can't judge the roster too much in July. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's exactly where the Mavs are right now. So it's hard to necessarily predict or or, or um, assess their exact trajectory or, or where they should be. But I think the Mavs are looking to get out of the first round. If they have, if they figure out and find their true answer to that starting five center position, that, I mean, that changes a lot for them. I think the sky is the limit in their minds if they get that starting center. Yeah. Um, so I think right now, realistically, even just whether you have the starting center or not, no matter how Rashawn Holm looks, if he can look the way he did before, um, he was kind of out of the Kings rotation and, and you know, the personal stuff. If he can go back to looking like he was the last time he was a starter in the Kings, 
uh, in a Kings jersey, then I think Dallas will be in an interesting spot, but they still have a lot of things to figure out. But even just with Kyrie and Luka and having that talent at the top of your roster, I think that they feel like if they don't make it out of the first round, it's a failure. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and I think I, I really do love what you guys have done this summer just based on what was available to you and what was possible and what, what was achieved. It's a huge success. Got yeah. two draft picks, added two prospects into the to the group. You were able to get Grant Williams. You know, you have Josh Green, who probably is going to develop. I have a, a video coming on Josh Green in August. Come check that out. Uh, but uh, but then also you sort of rounded out the roster to make more sense around Kyrie and Luka. Mm -hmm. I will say, I think you guys get a new starting center by opening night. And I think I that think starting center is Clint Capella. And Ooh, I think, you I, do. Think, I think that starting center will be somehow swooped into this Raptors, Hawks, Mavericks trade that almost seems inevitable that yeah. is going to happen. So we'll like see it. what happens. Maybe Maxi Kleber is a Toronto Raptor by the time we're done this conversation. Ooh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I know uh, the Clint Capella thing I think could very much so happen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Trey, pull up Trey. My guy said, who is the young team that makes the leap in the standings next year? Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, I think it is. We, I think we both agree yeah. on this team. It's going to be OKC. Yeah. And I would be very surprised if I, I would be surprised if OKC is not a top 10 team next year. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they are a top six team in the Western Conference next year. Yeah. Uh, I believe Chet Holmgren really com completes that team in a really great way. They're going to have internal development from all of their young guys. Some of the young guys showed out really well in the summer league. Maybe Usman Dieng has has a little bit of a burst here. Maybe Jalen Williams or Trey Mann. Um, I just really believe in this OKC team. I think they're ready to win, you know, potentially 50 plus games. So I think OKC is going to take that leap. Do you agree? I do agree, and I'll give the Orlando Magic an honorable mention that I nice. think that they, not not as surefire as OKC, but I think that they're capable if they can figure out a couple of these roster log jams. So I we'll agree. See. Yeah, I think I think OKC and Orlando got to be the picks there, regardless. Uh, East and West, if you will. Yes. Okay, um, so Chelsea. Chelsea sent us a bunch of questions. Shout out to Chelsea. <laughs> She's helping us fill time here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, Dark Horse to win the 2024 NBA I'm assuming she means title. She didn't yeah. she didn't complete the sentence, but I'm assuming she means title. <laughs> uh so I will uh, I'll pick a dark horse, you pick a dark horse. My okay. my dark horse to win the NBA title next year would be Oh man, dark horse. It's, it's uh, kind of hard. Yeah, it is kind of hard. I would say does are the Los Angeles Lakers a dark horse? Is that a dark horse? I think some people would say no. I would say yes. Just okay. given recent i think it's fair to say that they are a dark horse well like look at the west right it's denver it's the clippers it's phoenix not everybody's gonna say the lakers i think the lakers could win the title next year i would yeah. i wouldn't yeah okay i Sorry, think they could too i think they could too What's um it is hard because it's one of those if you're not picking in my mind anyone that's not milwaukee or denver is a dark horse that's truly how i feel about the state okay. of the league right now um so then just pick Boston. That's like the best pick available. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, God, I, I, this is hard. It's actually pretty hard. Boston, I feel like is the easy answer. God, I hate this. I actually hate this. I'm going to go with Phoenix. I'm okay. going to go with Phoenix. And by your standards, that makes sense for it to be a dark horse. I get it. I understand. But, like, there, the, nobody it's would be surprised, surprised. by the yeah. Suns winning an NBA I title. I think, like, you know? a true dark horse, like, I don't expect them to do it, but they could do it, is the Clippers. This like, is like this is like the IG story you just posted with Briar's vanilla. Okay, <laughs> you you were yeah you were picking Briar's vanilla essentially right I'm now. I'm sorry, 
I'm you sorry. are picking. I'm so glad you the, saw that. The Phoenix that. Suns are the Briars Vanilla <laughs> this conversation. I know, I know. I, I, it's weird because we're going into this next season, and I really, truly have so many questions with so many teams that are yeah. not Milwaukee or Denver. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how they look, especially when you're looking at the Warriors and the Suns having extreme kind of new looks. Memphis for their period without mm-hmm. Jaw, Boston. Without- oh, I changed my mind. My dark horse is Memphis. Is I Memphis? forgot about that. Okay, yeah, that's I like fair. That. That's fair. I like that. I, like I mean, Memphis, I, it, it, yeah, so it's it's tough, but I it's what I find so fascinating about this next season and just the parody with the league is that even the teams kind of towards the top and that seem established with their stars and even previous years have major questions. They're not small questions they're major ones. So we'll see it's, it like and we're going to ha- I feel like that will be a thing for the next five or six years, just because yeah, of natural. the way the CBA is built. Yeah. There's going to be parity. You can't spend tons and tons of money anymore. I mean, we're going to see it with the Celtics in the next couple of years. It's like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, oh, yeah. and who else, like who else are they going to be able to, you know, essentially keep. And I, I think that's, that's really important moving forward. There's going to be some <laughs> head honchos, but then there's also going to be the Briars Vanillas of the world. I'm so glad you saw. Uh, where, so where you, saw you know, classic choice to go to. Okay, yes. Chelsea still continues with the questions. It is actually mm-hmm. a direct question for you. If S was going to be the guy in the mascot for any NBA team, which mascot would oh, he be? Oh, I saw this. So let me let me just take a quick look because I gotta I gotta come <laughs> you up gotta with. Look it's gotta be the... a good one. It's gotta be a good one. Oh god. Okay. Right. I would give you. You know what I'll give you. I will give you the Nuggets mascot because you have the high Rocky because you have the high energy. You're always prepared. I think you're you're Rocky. I really do. Do you know the video of Rocky being taken down and he's passed out? He was supposed to. No. So he was supposed to do a stunt. (laughs) I did. Is that is that the real is that the real you the yeah, real S that is the real me yeah I was in that suit actually if anybody asked me to yeah I'm not Tom Cruise with the stunts I don't think I could oh, do it God some no of kidding. these mascots are incredible with the stunts that they do I don't know how they do it like the Raptor he does some incredible stuff oh really time. yeah I haven't seen it okay uh, Chelsea we'll get back to you on the questions here we we have some other ones that we got to answer mm-hmm. um, Love said do you trust the Raptors with the rebuild quick answer no long answer uh yes yes i do i'm just kidding i'm okay, i'm good. being harsh on them no i think look man um the the raptors as much as people on raptors twitter will not give the benefit of the doubt to to the toronto raptors situation <laughs> i think regardless they do have an out uh and that is you know scotty barnes that is precious Achua, that is grady dick gary trent jr og ananobi this, these younger or young guys that they're trying to develop and build around um, being able to keep those guys long-term is the crucial, crucial aspect of this next stage moving forward, signing OG Ananobi to an extension. That's going to be a massive part of what happens next. Um, and in terms of trusting them to rebuild, you have to really trust them to draft well, is my opinion. Uh, yeah. And, I, you know, so the last couple of years, their draft picks haven't really panned out the way they wanted them to, although I do like the Christian Coloco pick and obviously Grady Dick, but we'll see. I say I think the Raptors and the Raptors front office has built a level of rapport, a level of goodwill, if you will, for people to be able to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, since 2014, they've been they've had a yeah. pretty spotless record. Uh, it's just the last three or four years. It's been very unconventionally poor decision making. Uh, and you wonder what that is attributed to. I would love to find out what that is attributed to. But 
I think I'm going to go ahead and lean yes, because I would give them the benefit of the doubt here. Are okay. you still, before we move, yeah. are you, are we, are you still kind of on the, they will trade Pascal? You feel pretty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, yeah. Okay. I, I, right. I'm, I'm also like, I, I think it's just inevitable. Like I, I'm, I, every before day I wake up. Before the season up, starts. There's yes. no, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Just, I mean, just, look, just checking. Just checking. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a contract <laughs> extension and okay. they they think about this as like a next summer type of thing. It wouldn't shock me, but at the same time, I just think reading the tea leaves, reading the reporting, reading everything that's happening, uh, and also just hearing what's happening, it seems like it's just inevitable. Uh, I mean, yeah. from what okay. I've heard, from what was reported to me, a Hawks deal was almost done. It oh, was wow. almost completed, and the holdup was DeJounte Murray uh, and DeJounte Murray not necessarily wanting to go to Toronto. Uh, and, you know, he signed that extension because of that. So I that's – this is like – this isn't new reporting, but this is just something I heard. And, and like, that's part of it here. They they just didn't they, – they didn't see eye to eye on that. DeJounte didn't want to go to Toronto. Pascal is, you know, not working it out with the extension stuff. So I think that's a huge hurdle that the Hawks are trying to go over. We'll see what happens. I think I think a trade happens inevitably, though. Okay. And I think it'll be Atlanta. That's probably where I'm leaning here. Anyways, um, okay, let's see what else we got. So Chris LeBron, Off the Ball Podcast, he said, should the Knicks stay the course or should they go all in on the next unhappy star? Who do you think the next unhappy star is? Is it – I mean, does Dame count? No, not really. I don't think Dame counts. Um, it's hard. I – kind of feel like it's gonna be cat mm, um okay and if it's cat <laughs> no <laughs> then no the, the answer is no the knicks should well should what, stay if, the what if they can get cat for pennies on the dollar because massive extension <clears throat> right he's he's on a massive dollar amount yep maybe maybe you don't have to empty the the treasure the tre- chest here to be able to go and get cat you know yeah it's so hard I, I was asked this question on a podcast recently. It's like, hey, should the Knicks wait for Joel Embiid or yeah. should they just go after the next star? And I'm like, man, if if that next star is going to be affordable to the point where you can maybe get them and Embiid, then yeah, you go ahead and do it. Because let's say Paul George, let's say the Clippers, they don't see eye to eye on a contract extension uh, with either Paul George or Kawhi. Mm-hmm. And those guys at age 34 and 35 or whatever they are, uh, especially with their injury histories, they're not going to cost what a, what they actually would if they were healthy and in their primes. Right. So I think like if you could get Paul George for I don't know R.J. Barrett and a couple of <laughs> well, I don't know exactly what the deal yeah. would be. I have to sit down and think about this. But like if if you were able to get him for what he's for less than what he's worth, you go ahead and do that, and then you yeah. can still go for Joel Embiid later. Um, I think my stance is that they should be holding all their chips for Joel. Uh, okay. But like if if a star comes along and it's not going to cost you too much, I, I think they should listen to it. Yeah, I, I I think it I think it will depend on who the star is. I I personally don't love the Carl Anthony Towns fit because I feel like it limits them in certain ways. But if Paul George comes available, I mean, even like the I don't even want to I don't want to say lesser tier stars, but there are I think that there are several guys that could come available that you're like oh well how much would it really cost and and I think that the answer is especially with the way the the market is shifting a little bit uh, especially with the new CBA 
I don't think it's necessarily going to cost you ever, like no matter what star it is, that it's going to be your whole trust. And and at that point, then yeah, if it's not someone that you have to, then you then become very limited with the, the versatility in terms of lineups that you throw out there, then yeah, I would say go for it. Okay. Um, Dan, Dan from Hardwood Knox. I was just, Mm. this was the podcast I was on when we talked about this Embiid situation. Uh, Mm. he said, this is clearly too mainstream, but who are you taking for the next five years? Ochai Ochai Agbaji or AJ Griffin? Um, again, Utah jazz guard versus, uh, Atlanta Hawks guard. I'm going to go ahead and lean AJ. Uh, I think. He has shown more on-ball juice than Ochai. I think Ochai right now is very much so a 3 and D type player. They're both so stout, though. Have you seen their shoulders? They both have incredible <laughs> shoulders and arms. I, I would love to get their workout routine. Um, but I'm going to lean AJ Griffin. I think AJ just has more star upside compared to Ochai. Where do you lean? Yeah, I think I think the key word is definitely upside. I think right now I am a big believer in Ochai, so I will. I, he's one of those guys that I just I refuse to count him out, and it's still obviously very very early. But even down the line, if he doesn't hit that that jump, I probably still would not sell my Abaji uh, stock. Oh, yeah. uh, but I think as of right now, in terms of what we've seen, what the, just the impact and how he's been able to really carve out a spot in a rotation on a team that's trying to be competitive and trying to go the distance um, as opposed to a team that's maybe a little bit more in the, the retooling state. Uh, I think that for those reasons, I got to kind of go with AJ there, but again, I do love Abaji. Yeah. And I think uh, just like as a side note, the jazz just have a load of talent and I'm so excited to see how that all looks like Keontae yeah. George. They have Bryce Sensabaugh. Uh, oh, obviously yeah. Ochai and then the the whole Walker Kessler Lowry marketing like how those guys develop <laughs> will be very 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 interesting mm-hmm. um okay Rob Rob Fritz my guy uh he asked a bunch of questions so we'll tackle these one at a mm-hmm. time which teams will you watch the most next season um okay so so you guys know we're obviously both gonna watch the Mavericks and Raptors heavily mm-hmm. these are the teams we cover mm-hmm. um but I think two or three teams that are, are I'm probably going to keep a big eye on or, or focus on a little bit more the San Antonio Spurs, just because of Wemby, yeah. but I'm really interested in, in the Vassell and Keldon Johnson's and so hands of the world. Um, I'm interested in the Houston Rockets too, at least at the start of the season. I think I'm, I'm excited to see how they look uh, and the Oklahoma city thunder. I think that just because of Chet Holmgren yeah. and, and how they're supposed to look, those, those are probably the three that are going to see an uptick in the amount of games I watch for them. How about you? For me, uh, definitely the Pacers. I really, nice. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm not, I, well, yeah, struggling to really pinpoint where I see them, their true trajectory. So I'm, I'm excited to see a lot of their guys and what they look like as a new kind of uh, different identity group. Mm-hmm. Um, also Charlotte, because I have just about as many questions as you could think of on Charlotte and what they look like and fair enough how many games they they can and will win <laughs> um last one let's go back over to the west i'm going to go with i'm going to go with new orleans because mm. again more the more questions i have the more likely i am to watch and and there are i mean the teams that you named are going to be fun and young did i say detroit actually sorry new orleans you're out yeah, i'm going to go I'll with watch detroit some distance games too i'm yeah. going to say detroit sorry yeah I like I like Detroit. I I think those that was a team that I was ready to watch a lot last season, and then mm-hmm. Cade got hurt, 
And yeah, I sort of exactly. just stopped watching as much as I wanted to. But I, hey, Pistons people know uh, they got a supporter in me. So I, I love, I oh, love yeah. what they got building over there. I'm excited me too. I think, I think I'm, I'm just, I love watching young teams. Maybe not Charlotte. For some reason, I'm it's just not. not I'm not compelled. I don't know what it is about the Hornets. I'm really not. I'm not. I, don't I think know what I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, how many games is LaMelo going to play? Is James book night? What's going to happen there? Like, uh, I don't the, know, man. I you know. know. And I, it's like, the, they're individual guys that I'm like, just keep going. And I just don't <laughs> know if it's going to last. And so big um, Kai Jones believer, Lauren Gunn. Big I Kai love J- Kai Jones. Uh, I love like... Kai Jones. So we'll see. Uh, it's kind of sad at this point, but I mean, Charlotte. So Charlotte and Houston, I have, I did a list the last mm-hmm. year. I'm going to keep doing it this year, but Charlotte and Houston were my least watched teams. And I think I only okay. watched, I think I watched like five <laughs> Rockets games and three Hornets games. I will be very interested to see how many Hornets. I know I'm going to watch more Rockets games than that this season. I will be very interested to see how many Hornets games I actually end up watching outside <laughs> of the ones that they play against the Toronto Raptors. Okay. Um, Rob uh, continues on. What about your teams are you most worried about? Quick and easy. Where the hell is this Toronto Raptors team going is yeah. the very, very quick answer to that. We've covered it at nauseum on this podcast, but they just seem very directionless right now. Picking a direction would be a very important part. What I'm most worried about. Lauren Mavericks, what are you worried about? Luca leaving in 2027. <laughs> okay, uncalled for. Hey, Lean Luca is here. According to Tim McMahon, Lean Luca is here for the 80th time. Um, I think for Dallas, it's gotta be who is who gets that starting center spot. And I don't think it's necessarily gonna be established on night one. Hopefully it is. Fingers crossed, but um barring any trade right now that's pretty up in the air so even on night one i'm not even gonna put a whole lot of stock in that being the starting center for the for the majority of the year so i'm curious over the course of the season who establishes themselves uh and and wins over that spot okay i like it uh rob your last question is going to take far too much thinking so and we don't have a lot of time so we're going to keep moving it forward here uh vince vince asked what what's the lakers next move do you like their depth so far is there another move that they will make i think the move is is uh, sort of related to the Mavericks here, and maybe yeah. they end up adding a Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it is true that like Wood is going to be going for the vet minimum, I, I would not. I mean, why not take that kind of swing if you want for the Lakers? Yeah. I also think just from the Lakers' perspective, they built out the roster really well at the trade deadline. It helped that they were <laughs> able to re-sign all of those players. Uh, and it also helped that they were able to kind of fine tune the rest of the roster to work a little bit better. I think Torian Prince is better than Troy Brown Jr. He's going to provide a little bit more as a wing player. Um, I think Gabe, Gabe Vincent and, De- and Dennis Schroeder are somewhat comparable players, but Gabe Vincent gives you a little bit more perimeter shooting. It, it helps you on that end. He's almost as good of a defender as Dennis Schroeder is. So I think you're not losing too much there and you might potentially gain some upside as a score. You're yeah. obviously the, the main point with the Lakers is going to be focusing on how Austin Reeves develops, how the the rest of the team kind of coalesces, and obviously the the health of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But as I mentioned earlier with like the dark horse contenders, I would not be surprised if the Lakers win an NBA championship this year. Um, they have the depth for it. They have the stars for it. Uh, and I so far just like I, I really like what they did this summer. So, I, I yeah, Lauren, if you want to mention anything on the Lakers. Yeah, no, I, I think it will be Christian Wood. Um, you know, we'll see what that looks like. I 
personally, I think it just makes sense for both for both teams. I think if you're looking at what the Lakers did, you obviously mentioned the, the guard rotation. Um, but if you're looking at their roster and just how many wings that they have in big wings, it's kind of time to add a little bit more for front court depth and some yeah. versatility there. And and what does that look like? I think that looks like a more offensive oriented um, stretch big, and that's Christian Wood. So I also think for Christian Wood's sake, I think he's going to be interested in that because while he does not want the vet minimum, I think going to play in a Lakers uh, uniform where lots of nationally televised games, a team that is expected to go far in the playoffs. That's what's going to ultimately lead him to the next contract. That's a little bit closer to what he desires. So um, yeah, I think that that's, that's where we're headed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so someone with just a bunch of numbers in their Twitter, 24 T one zero one two five. Thank you very much for the question. He said, what do you think precious is ceiling is as a player, his most likely outcome and the areas that he needs to improve. Funny enough, Mr. Two four T one zero one two five. I just recorded an off season podcast regarding that exact same thing about precious Chua. It will be out in August. So if you're tapped in here to the Objective Basketball Podcast, just refresh your feed in August and you will see it there. It is a 30, about 20-minute video, 20, 30-minute video on our YouTube page or uh, on audio talking about Precious, his ceiling, and what he might be in the future. So yes, uh, I'm not going to answer that here because you can listen to that once we're once it's out. Um, okay, let's see what else we got here. Nabil. Uh, cast your NBA Love Island. I don't watch Love Island. I I swear I, I do. Yeah. Okay. You cast know I away. do. Yeah. Cast away. I feel like read. Can you read the full tweet? Because I feel like there were some directions there on what he, what he so, was looking okay, for. Okay. So so he said cast your three. Cast your NBA Love Island. But then he also asked name three players from the 2021 or 2021 NBA draft that are poised to break out. And then he said, what is your favorite upcoming Barbenheimer NBA matchup for this season? Two teams, <laughs> two teams with polar opposite playing styles. God, um, these questions are electric. Yeah, yeah, those are good questions. I don't know about Love Island. I will answer mm-hmm. very quickly on the Barbenheimer matchup. Uh, I think I, like the Barbie, uh, <laughs> like the like me being excited for a movie uh team would be OKC. I just really am excited to see how they look next season. I think that I'm going to watch so many OKC games next year. Um and yes, that would be my Barbie team, the Oppenheimer team, uh, a team that is very contrasting to what the the they are in general. I'm going to say the Houston Rockets because it just seems like chaos and that's what Oppenheimer really is. It's about um inserting a nuclear bomb which is Fred Van Vliet into the Rockets uh front office and I'm I'm kidding I'm playing around but yeah I, I think that would be an interesting matchup I'm I'm not sure if I answered that question properly but yes that's yeah. that's my thing are you are you done with your I'll, Love Island casting? I'll give the Love Island a crack because okay. it's it's tough like how many people we're going to include in there but I think it's really for the chaos so I would go with um let's see here I would go with Joel Embiid James Harden Okay. Um, who else can we throw in there? Let's go with Kyrie, uh, wow. Ja that, Morant. This is just an insanely toxic mm. and insane. That's chaotic. and then let's go with we need just one more. Let's just let's go Zion. We'll go Zion. <laughs> there's my there's my mini cast. That would my be mini cast. I mean, even on an NBA team, that would be one of the most chaotic teams of all time because of the personalities and the respective things <laughs> going around with those players. Just, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Crazy. Very wild. Thank you, Nabil for answering and yes, asking those us a question. Awesome. Okay. Um, 
let's get back to some fun stuff. Chelsea, we'll get back to your questions. She said, most controversial food take. What is your most oh, controversial gosh. food take? The the one I will say, apparently it's controversial because everybody I ask is like this. I like pickles on burgers. I am a pickle That's on burger person. Everybody I ask is like, no, I would rather not have a pickle on the burger. So I'm going to go ahead and say I am a pickle on burger believer, advocator, (laughs) if if I will. Yes. I like it. Oh, I have one. Oh, I'm going to get. I was thinking about it when I saw this tweet. I was like, oh, God, I'm not going to be able to come up with a good one. And this don't judge me for this. Do you know what Arby's is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. am an Arby's fan. You're a fan. Okay. And people, right. I have seen so many tweets. How is Arby still in business? There is not one person <laughs> in the drive-thru. There is. It's me right here in Austin, Texas. It's me. And I so, just. Okay. I'm I a had, fan. I had Arby's once and I got a stomachache. Uh, <gasps> I just, maybe I was ordering the wrong thing. I don't you know. You were. You were. I don't know. But the curly fries are good. The curly they fries are. are good. I will agree with that. Um, okay. She also asked, which NBA, which WNBA player do you think could seamlessly fit into the NBA and which team? I feel like Asia Wilson is the very, That's a very good one. immediate answer that comes to mind. What team she would fit on? I have no clue. I I, I mean, I just That's think so like hard. you could throw her on any NBA team and <laughs> she would be incredible, you know? Yeah. My mind immediately went to the Sabrina Steph shoot off con- uh, conversation. That would be fun. That would so be fun. I would love to see. I would love to see her go head to head with just like pulling up from like just yeah, yeah. range. I would just love, like a three truly, point competition. That would be yeah, fun. like not even just a competition, but like if you if you were to throw her into put her on any team, put her on any yeah. team, and then all of a sudden, how would that look in terms of how would she be guarded? What would the defensive schemes in the NBA? Yeah, like how would they? I think that that would be really interesting. Um, I, but I love that question. That's a great question. That is a great question. Um, okay, let me see what else we got here. We've got so so we've had we have a couple uh, people who have asked like similar questions. Julie asked, "What what team are you most excited to watch this upcoming season?" We already mentioned like OKC. You know mm-hmm. some of the other teams that we're looking forward to. Um, and then we have Kai who said, "Which core? Which young core are you taking for the next five years?" Well, you know what. Kai, listen to the last podcast. That's what I would say to that answer. Go and go ahead and listen to me and Alex's podcast with Lauren. We talked about five cores. We talked about eight young cores that we would talk about. Sorry, Kai, I love you. Okay, uh, Samson. Final question of the day. Samson asked, "Would you rather?" And this is funny because Samson was doing a mailbag podcast, and I asked him this exact same question. So he's he's now asked. He's now asking us. Okay. Would you rather be locked in a cage with a Komodo dragon, 50 tarantulas, or a 12-foot venomous snake? Hmm. You know what a Komodo dragon is, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I and mean, that is not my answer. Absolutely not. <laughs> Under no circumstances. They are, they are also venomous, cage. by the way. They are they're also huge. There's just no way. Um, they're also massive, yeah. Honestly, I would probably go how long? Twelve foot, you said snake. Twelve foot is. I'll pretty probably long. stick with the tarantulas. I'm not messing with the snake. Absolutely not. Yeah, you know what? When Those I first when I first made this uh, question, I think I I didn't realize how big a twelve foot snake really is. <laughs> Was that you know? your answer? <laughs> yeah, I would have. No, no, I I'm like deathly scared of snakes. I will. Yeah. I you will never catch me running faster. Then when I see a snake, I will it will be insane. I will look like Usain Bolt if you catch me <laughs> with a snake. Uh, I'm gonna pick the tarantulas. Yeah. I feel like it's just the easy answer. 
yeah. you know, even though tarantulas are venomous and they're massive, uh, I feel like, yo, I could I could get away with beating some yeah. tarantula ass. It's 50, though. <laughs> 50 tarantulas. That's How a lot. How big's the box? How big's the cage? Yeah, exactly. If I'm in so, a cage like Fear Factor style, I don't know, Oh, man. hell no. I'm sorry, but... Yeah. Yeah. The thing that freaks me out is like how many that's just that's a lot to deal with. That's a lot of legs. That's a lot of eyes. So I'm not I'm not huge on that. But when you're talking about the sheer size of the other two, absolutely. Oh, right. I forgot about the eyes. I forgot about the eyes. I don't even want to think about it. Change the subject. I can't even think about the eyes. Oh, man. Okay. look, we're we're done here, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is the wraps. That's the final (laughs) question that we have for the podcast. Thank you to everybody who sent in questions, mailbag questions. We appreciate you guys. Hopefully we'll be able to do some more of these uh, more interactive podcasts next season. Again, we really, really appreciate everybody who has tapped in. This was our first go me and Lauren's first go at doing something together on a podcast level. Um, It was a blessing to be able to do this with you, Lauren. It it was Mm -hmm. awesome too. And I think, you know, when it comes to just figuring this thing out, and, and like working it out together and seeing how, how we can make some cooler and cooler stuff. I'm very interested to see how we do it across a full season because we, oh, yeah. we kind of jumped into this halfway. So uh, for fun. everybody who has listened, thank you very much for for tapping in here. Lauren, anything anything you want to add before we head out? Oh, man, I'm looking forward to season two. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun yeah. with you. going to be fun with everybody that listens in and, and tunes in on Twitter and, and interacts with us. So it's going to be good. I'm pumped. Yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, so thank you, I guess, for the final time this season until September. Uh, again, stay tuned in. Uh, you'll see me on the SDPN channel. I have a little mini series for August to kind of hold people over content NBA wise. And then in September, we're going to be back full flow uh, season previews, you know, analysis, all the great stuff that you guys expect from us. You will see that right here on the Objective Basketball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much from Lauren, from myself. Have a good summer. Take care. Follow hosts at Just S. Barahini on all socials and at The Lauren Gun on Twitter. The Objective Basketball Podcast. Delivering the NBA to you like no other.